All right, everybody, welcome back to Farmer's Jam Radio, wrapping up our series, interviewing Democratic candidates for Ag Commissioner here in the state of Georgia. There are other candidates running, but they are running unopposed in their primary, so we'll catch up with them at a later date. Today, we are chatting with Representative Winfred Dukes, a longtime public servant who has been engaged in agriculture since he was 11 years old. As with the other candidates, we talked about debt relief for black farmers. We talked about labor abuse happening on Georgia farms and in Georgia poultry plants, as well as his vision for the future of Georgia agriculture. Once again, the primary is coming up on May 24th. You can check out all three interviews with the Democratic candidates here on Farmers Jam Radio. And if you want to stay connected to the world of agriculture, head over to our website, www.thefarmersjam.com. We send out a weekly newsletter with ag news, both here from the state of Georgia and around the world, stories that impact our climate, our economy, health care, wealth inequality, systemic racism, you name it. We hope you make your voice heard on May 24th. This is a historic election for many reasons, but in terms of agriculture, the current commissioner has served for many, many years, Gary Black. He is now running for Senate, so there will be a new commissioner of agriculture here in the state of Georgia. So it's more important than ever to make your voice heard. Here's our interview with Representative Dukes. We'll catch you on the other side. All right, everybody. Thank you for staying with us here on Farmers Jam Radio. We are excited to be joined by Representative Winfred Dukes, a longtime public servant who is now running for Commissioner of Agriculture here in the state of Georgia. Representative Dukes, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, James. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad uh, you were able to join us. Um, we're looking forward to uh, learning more about your vision for Georgia agriculture. But uh, first of all, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about uh, your connection to farming. Oh, uh, James, it, goes, it is extensive. Farming actually is a part of our DNA. My great-great-grandfather was a sharecropper, and my great-grandmother and my grandmother, and up until the age of 11, I lived in a sharecropper's house uh, where we would, I can recall going, catching a ride 13 miles to get on the back of a field truck to go and crop tobacco, pick tomatoes, and pull weeds at 11. Those are wow. things that are highly... <laughs> There is no way that we could do that now based on child labor laws, but it was a way for us to be able to provide school clothes and much-needed income for our families. Before that, my grandmother would have gardens that seems as if they went miles as a kid where we would plant and gather butter beans and peas and snap beans and uh, okra and collars and turnips and mustard greens. But living on a farm, those were things that were essential for us just to be able to provide the food that we needed in order to survive. It sounds like you, you've seen a lot uh, about Georgia agriculture. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, certainly things have changed um, 
a bit in your time. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about, you know, what you see as your vision for Georgia agriculture moving forward. Well, in Georgia agriculture, what we will need to do is to see if we can expand the competitiveness of Georgia, Georgia's agriculture industry nationwide. Currently, Georgia makes up about 2% of the agricultural sales of this state. I introduced legislation to establish a study committee so that we can expand upon that. As you know, currently, Georgia is number one in forestry. We're number one in poultry and eggs. We're number one in, in peanuts. And we fluctuate between being number one and number four in tobacco and cotton and peaches and pecans and um, blueberries. But there is an excellent opportunity for us to expand beyond that. And what the expansion does is this for Georgia. You see, Georgia is the number one industry in the state, in this state. It accounts for approximately $7.3 billion of a $1.3 trillion economy, which is great. About one point, uh, one in seven Georgians work in some capacity in the agriculture industry, approximately 360,000 people. What we would like to do is to expand that capacity because it little as is known, there are great paying jobs in Georgia's agriculture. It is not an industry that when people work in it, that um, they're not compensated well for it. You go to University of Georgia or ABAC or Fort Valley, our land-grant institutions, those kids can come out of there with degrees in agriculture making eighty to $100,000 a year. So I want to be able to expand that opportunity. The other thing that I want to do is this. I want to create an opportunity such that we can sustain the small farmer and, and the minority farmer. What has happened is that through the agribusiness councils and others, small and mid-sized farmers are being priced out of the market as far as their competitiveness. A farm size in Georgia runs about 3,000 acres with about 10 to $12 million worth of capital expenditures. We're running tractors down here in my part of the state. They can carry 20 to 25 rows at a time. It is highly efficient. It leans towards added productivity. And to have a piece of equipment like that, you need to have the number of acres to run it because it, it does not justify having that equipment and is not being used to its fullest capacity. If it's sitting up on a 300-acre farm, it doesn't justify the capital expenditure. Mm. Well, those are some of the things that small and mid-sized farmers are confronted with. I also introduced a study committee to address those issues. Those are some of the things that we will be looking towards as far as expanding Georgia agriculture. So if there was uh, 
you know, one single biggest issue that Georgia agriculture is facing today, what would that be and, and how would you would you address it? I think we have a number of issues, but one of it is making sure that we have a sustainability of agriculture in this state. That is to say that climate is having a great impact on the farming community, little as many of us know. When we have down in our part of the state, I live in Doherty County, and this is the heart of agriculture we feel in the state when it comes to farmland. I represent House District 154, and one of my counties is number one in peanuts in the state. Georgia is the number one producer of peanuts in the country, and the United States is the number one producer of peanuts in the world. So we have a, a lot of those kinds of activities that go on here. But one year, we had a tornado, uh, and I think it was like 16 and 17, we had another tornado. And in 18, we had a hurricane to come through. That's right. A lot of that is due to climate change. It has such a great impact on our ability to produce products, uh, farm products, in our state. The other thing we have as a major issue, and these are long-term issues that we will have to address, and that is the depletion of the of the soil, the nutrients that are there. Uh, we will have to figure out how we can maintain and keep Georgia's soil to be vibrant and productive so that we can grow a product that is that is that gives us and continues to give us the uh advantages that we need in order to to keep Georgia agriculture number one. I, th- I think that's that's so so important and I'm I'm so glad to hear you talking about the the soil. It does it feels like, you know, especially in the federal level, a number of discussions we have about agriculture don't actually seem to address the soil, which <laughs> is fairly critical um, to to the work of, of agriculture. Um, shifting gears just, just a bit, um, you know, the USDA recently made a, an admission about, you know, historic discrimination against black farmers and had been working to provide debt relief, uh, you know, first through uh, actions within USDA. Those actions have been held up in the courts have not been able to pass anything through Congress. I know this is an issue you're familiar with, especially with um, Shirley Sherrod being from your your part of the state. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, is is there anything that, you know, you can or, or would do as the agriculture commissioner to address um, the, the, the debt challenges and the land loss that are impacting black farmers uh, in, in Georgia? I'm so glad that you brought that up and mentioned uh Mr. Rod. She you know, she she is actually serving as my campaign chair. We have had a strong relationship with the Sherrods and the Sherrod family. My first campaign, Miss Sherrod's mother who served on the school board, uh, went door to door with me 
in Baker County, where she where she rep- where she lives, they have been stewards in this effort to make sure that parity exists with black farmers. What this government and what this state has done, nation has done, to black farmers has been horrendous. Um, you know, black farmers in the 20s own about 14% of the farmland in the state, in this nation. Now it's down to about 1%, a little bit better than 1%. And it has not been in a system that it has been in a system by design. See, the system was designed to sell a black farmer. It's doing as it's doing what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We had throughout the sixties. I can remember Miss Sherrod and her husband Charles Sherrod, where that they farmed about three to four thousand acres, and they could never get the USDA loans that other farmers were getting. They had established a cooperative. And as a result, they ended up losing their farm. But glory be to God that over time, the government realized the errors of their way. And they had a settlement that allowed them to be compensated for that. And now I think they have... I think it's about 1,700 acres that they farm in the heart of my district. The 1997 lawsuit called for the payment and debt relief for black farmers. But the way that the regulations were were written in order for them to qualify for it, only 5% of the farmers they were only able to get 5% of the money. So there you go again. You're going to provide me with a with relief. But you but the system created criteria and such that they couldn't get to the money. Yep. Now with the American Rescue Plan, a $1.9 trillion plan, they only set aside $4 billion for farm relief for the black farmer. From 1997, they've been sitting there waiting for this relief. The president, along with our senator, Senator Warnock, and Senator Booker, and a, and a couple of others, put into the American Relief pro- Program a $4 billion debt relief for black farmers. This is, was 2% of the money. 2%. And what happened in the process is that other farmers came in suit and said that they should not have that relief that has been denied them for years. It is an assault on black farmers and their ability to sustain themselves in this economy. It's tough. It's tough. My folks, my great, my grandfather was a farmer. He was not a sharecropper. It was on my father's side that they rented land. On my mother's side, they were sharecroppers. 
My grandfather felt like it was something a little wrong with the sharecropping cropping situation, so he ended up renting his property. He bought his own seed and bought his own fertilizer. He didn't want anybody else buying it. But even through that, my his son first made an attempt to be in the farming industry. And basically, the way that it was set up, they could not sustain themselves. A lot of people in our community would love to be farmers. Farming is in my DNA. And every opportunity that I have to become actively involved in that industry, I'm there. But it is very difficult for a man of color to make a living in the farming industry, even today. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, that, that kind of, um, you know, first of all, thank you for, for sharing all of that, that detail, because I, I do think that it's a really important piece of history and, and people uh, can overlook the fact that, you know, this isn't any kind of uh, debt relief that is, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's been promised for a long time. This isn't actually new. This is, this is you know, a 20, 30 year delay on a, on a broken promise. Um, I wanted to shift quickly to, uh, you know, immigration, and uh, we see a lot of, especially in the last uh, year or so, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has done a lot of great reporting about immigration abuse within our uh, agriculture system. There was a modern slavery ring broken up. Um, there has been a lot of uh, labor abuse happening within poultry uh, plants uh, with chemical leaks and uh, with with COVID-19. As you mentioned, poultry is, is one of our, our biggest industries. Um, is there anything that can be done at the Georgia Department of Agriculture level to uh, prevent uh, some of these abuses from happening? Absolutely. First of all, it's a violation of the law. And the Agriculture Commission, the Commission of Agriculture does have a law enforcement arm. So basically what we would end up having to do is to make sure that those abuses does not, does not happen. It is inconceivable for anybody to take advantage of anyone in that capacity. People come here to America to do jobs, quite frankly, that other Americans really don't want to do. Now, while I tell you I pick tomatoes, crop the bagger, and pull weed, <clears throat> neither one of my three boys will consider that under no way, shape, form, or fashion. They're just not going to do it. Yep. But the job has to be done. But in the process of getting someone to do that job, there is still a humane way that as Americans that we should treat anybody. And as Christians. But some of these guys who have been farmers go back for generations. Five, six, seven, eight, nine generations. Like farming is a part of my DNA. 
the institution of slavery is a part of thee. My great-great-grandfather, Peter Dormany, who was a sharecropper, got to be a sharecropper in 1865. Before that, he was a slave. So there's a lot of history in farming that includes us. You know, the greatest land giveaway occurred in 1862 where we gave away over 200 million acres of land in the Midwest where uh, the country took the land from the from the Native Americans and gave it to the Americans. Well, in 1862, people of color were still enslaved. So we missed that land giveaway that happened in the Midwest. We also missed the land giveaway that occurred from 1492, 1619, 1776, and in 1863, there was a supposed to be a land giveaway or 1865 that we missed. But even with that, at the turn of the century in nineteen in the nineteen hundred, we owned about people of color owned about fourteen percent of the farmland in America. Now it's down to a little bit better than one percent. We have our challenges. We're not asking for special treatment. Black farmers are not asking for special treatment. What they're asking for is an opportunity to compete into a market that is fair and that is open in a system that is not designed to cause them to fail. Because they can do it. I mean, I know quite a few of these guys here throughout southwest Georgia, throughout south Georgia, the tough guys get up every day. They get up every day, and they don't ask a quarter. They don't compete, compare, or they or complain. They get up and go to work. But what they need is an opportunity to be able to practice their craft on a level playing field. Absolutely, and I think... You know, something that is often overlooked is that even when slaves were brought here, it was for agriculture skills. And, you know, ever since that day have have been, um, you know, discriminated against and left out and mistreated and, and all of these things, you know, leading up to this point and time and time again, just eroding the uh, strength and ability of, of, um, of these farmers. Um, so I just want to, this brings us to the last question, which is essentially to give you the last word, which is, you know, why should people vote for you to be ag commissioner in the upcoming primary on May 24th? Well, I have a body of work of service in this, to this state. Uh, I've done 26 years in the Georgia General Assembly coming from Albany, Georgia, 200 miles away. 
to serve. I've had 16 years on the Agriculture and Community Affairs Committee with the state of Georgia, where the Weed City and made policy that impacts farming. I've served on the Appropriations Committee and understands what it's going to take in order, understands how the Agriculture Commissioner spends his $50 million budget and manages his 525 employee. But mostly it's because we have a vision for this state, a vision to expand agriculture and to make it be more inclusive of all people. We also have a vision that will include enhancing urban farming. You see, you can create more, you can grow more tomatoes with one tomato plant to feed two families. You see, we have to get to get farming to a point where that our urban farms and our metro areas are in a position such that we can address food insecurities. I think it's one in four elderly suffers from food insecurities and one in five kids in a state where the agriculture is the number one industry in the state. That is unacceptable. We have food deserts that exist. You would be surprised. But they exist in rural Georgia like they do in the metro area. So we have got to get to a point where that our urban farms can be able to uh, meet those specific needs. But I also want to see if we can expand the number of farmers markets. You know, in Georgia, I think we have eight farmers markets where the state of Iowa has 200. That will put fresh fruits and vegetables close to uh, the people because you are what you eat and your health is your wealth. Not only do we want to be able to have an agriculture commission that employs hundreds of thousands of people, but we also want to have Georgia's agriculture that makes sure that the people of Georgia are well fed. As your agriculture commission, we will be speaking from the perspective of making Georgians healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Because we want to go into schools and make sure that kids understand where the food comes from and how they produce it. That is my vision for Georgia. We have the expertise. We have served this state. I'm the only one of the people that in my race has ever, ever won a race in the state of Georgia to be anything. We need a strong candidate for the Agriculture Commission for the state of Georgia. I'm a Democrat, and I'm going to be running as a Democrat. Up and down the street, we need to have strong candidates because in November we are going to have to be successful. And I think I will be that candidate that will that could represent our state, represent our party. And I would be honored if you were to select me as your candidate for the Democratic nominee for the 
for the agriculture connection. I will do, I will work hard for you, and I will do everything in my capacity to make you proud. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be with us. I think healthier, wealthier, and wiser is uh, a great message uh, to be spreading, especially in agriculture. Uh, Best of luck in your campaign. We wish you all the best. And and thank you for for giving us this forum so that we can share with the people of Georgia. Absolutely. We're very, we're honored to do it and, and, and grateful, grateful for your time. Okay, thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Farmers Jam Radio. Great interview with Representative Dukes. Once again, the upcoming primary is on May 24th. Still time to get your absentee ballots. Early voting starts in early May. We encourage you to make your voice heard in an important election. Farmers Jam Radio is presented by Longleaf Media, hosted by myself, James Carr, produced by Cam Christian, with music by Nomad. Head over to our website at thefarmersjam.com where you can buy our jam, you can sign up for our newsletter, learn more about our events, get plugged into the whole world of Farmers Jam. You know, we like to have a good time out there. But for now, we appreciate your time. Y'all stay safe out there and jam on.